or whatever the song was called, um, where it sounds like she says, I'm, now I'm sitting in the corner snorting Christmas tree perfume. So oh, yeah, yeah. I tweeted at her, like, about it. I was just, like, something to the effect of, like, need, I need, I have questions about snorting Christmas tree perfume. And then she responded, like, almost instantly. She's like, you're not the first person to hear that lyric. <laughs> and she's like, the actual lyric is snorting Crystal's sweet perfume or something. Huh. And I'm like, yeah, makes equally less sense. Yeah, I, I still don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. And judging by your lack of reaction, you didn't get that. I know. I'm assuming it's a reference from something, but I don't get it. Simpsons? <laughs> I don't get that. Oh, man. What episode is that from? <clears throat> it's one of the... I think it's one of the Halloween ones. It's when Homer is going to look for a nuclear bunker. And you know that Herman guy? The the military Yeah, the military, guy. ex-military salesperson guy. Yeah. Uh, or military surplus supply guy, he goes into this bunker and he's showing him all the amenities in this bunker. And uh, he <laughs> looks over at the uh, like the, the table and he's like, ooh, a Gary Larson calendar. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then he's flipping through it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I yes. <laughs> don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I remember that now. And then he walks outside and like the world had blown up. And yeah. <laughs> Country, country music. All right. No chit-chat. Straight to the lists. Straight to the lists, eh? Best of and worst of 2019. Coming in somewhat not hot, yeah, like <laughs> 18 days into the new Coming year. Coming in cold, <laughs> cold and slow. <laughs> Just like how we like it. Exactly. <laughs> Coming in cold and slow with our non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> Speak for yourself, dry January. My, yeah, my non-alcoholic beer. I did one week. It was enough. <laughs> yeah, and then you made up for it the week after. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I uh, I think we, you know we had we had to take some more time to reflect on our lists. We needed an extra three weeks of of time to you know really digest all that uh, that 2009 dick punched us with. <laughs> But also the <laughs> beautiful musical gifts it gave. That's true. Was I'd it? say in a lot of ways, like this was a lot easier to do the best of 2019 than it would have been to do the best of 2018 or 17 or 16. There was so much more really legit good country music that came out this year and particularly speaking with things on the radio. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I My opinion differs slightly. Uh, I found it incredibly easy to do uh, the decade uh, stuff that we looked at as well. But Which we will do next time. Yeah. But uh, did I just spoil that? Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> best and worst of 2019 <laughs> this time. Next episode, best and worst of the decade. But yeah, I, I actually found it, I don't want to say challenging. Like I had, right off the bat, I knew knew my top albums and top songs. But beyond that, I was a little bit, like I was, I was searching. I tried to bring a little bit more diversity into my list, and uh, I actually had a hard time. I felt like there wasn't that big of a plethora of awesome music that came out in two thousand nineteen. 
or necessarily not necessarily awesome music, but just music that was up my alley. I guess we should clarify that too. Mm. These are our own personal favorites. Right. All of these lists are my personals and Andrew's personals. Yeah. These not are what not we like felt was, were the top songs. Well, I, kind of like I've top song for you and yeah, for top me. song for me. Yeah. yeah. Not what we not what was the biggest radio hits or anything like that. This yeah. is not going by any kind of metrics. The only criteria for this was that it had to come out in 2019 the record the album had to be released in 2019 and then the songs had to be from 2019 as well exactly that was and the songs did not have to be released singles because they might not even be released maybe they'll be a single in 2020 but maybe they won't even get singled which we all know is sometimes a shame because sometimes the best song on the record never becomes a single yeah we've talked about that before and i often feel the same way like you listen to an album you're like that should have been yeah that should have been the single yeah but yeah often yeah it's it, it's weird because i guess it's there's different metrics for that too right it's mm-hmm. all in thinking what's going to have the most radio playability i guess yeah is that a word playability probably <laughs> probably <laughs> <laughs> probably <laughs> what could possibly go wrong yeah <laughs> well done well done indeed where do you want to start are we going to do top songs Maybe let's do albums, albums. best albums first. Why okay. don't you, Why don't you have at it? Okay, so, so we're gonna do I'm top at? five, top five of each, and room for an honorable mention. Counting down from five. That's what we're doing, right? We're counting down. Number five, counting down. <laughs> Sean Oliver's top five albums, 2019. <laughs> that was good. Pew 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 pew, <laughs> coming at you. It was you had like a little Casey Kasem edge, and then. And then, like, stripper announcer. Yeah. <laughs> Candy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, my number five album, which was a pretty late entry. I think it just came out. I don't know if it was December. Uh, I think it was Benjamin Todd, uh, Heart of Gold is Hard to Find. If You might not know who Benjamin Todd is. He's the See singer. See look on my face? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who? <laughs> shook your head in disgust. Huh? Uh, Benjamin Todd is... It's it's completely (laughs) just uh, ignorance, I guess. Well, you'll know as soon as I tell you. He's the singer from Lost Dog Street Band. Oh. And this was a pure solo album that he released late in the year. And no eye rolls because... My next three albums are going to be eye rolling if you if you get into is that. It, is it not his solo? It's the the full band, Lost Dog Street Band. <laughs> I'm tapping my nose. Yeah, uh, yeah. So and then the other one is their EP. <laughs> no, 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 not that bad. Wow, you love these guys. Three of the top five. <laughs> kind of, but not kind of. I'll I'll get into it. Uh, so yeah, his solo album uh, "Heart of Gold" is hard this to is find. Because you saw them at the Tractor in Seattle, right? Shut up. <laughs> no, man. I just think they had a really good year. His whole crew, um, but this album of his, I, I really like his pared down stuff because it's super vulnerable. It's super Isn't honest. It all pared down. I wouldn't say so. I mean, the Lost Dogs pretty low pretty up uh, upbeat, and you know, it's I wouldn't say produced, but it's it's full band stuff. Yeah. Um, this is more just him in an acoustic kind of thing. Oh, I see, I see. But this album's got a really, really good vibe for it. His songwriting really comes through on uh, on this album. And I think he had an amazing re- year, obviously. He released this solo album uh, and an album with Lost Dog Street Band. And they seem to be on a real upward swing, which is nice to see. Uh, they're selling out tours or shows. They're touring extensively. And, uh, you know, who knows how much commercial success it's actually translating into, but they're definitely successful in that grassroots sort of way. 
Um, they're road warriors. I mean, and it seems to be paying off. Like when you tour that extensively and you start selling out all those shows and you know, the, the one show that I went to, it's like merch lineup for an hour, which is amazing to see. They must've sold mm-hmm. through all their merch. So, I mean, you gotta be making some money on the road doing it that way. And it's that, you know, it's that road warrior type way that they used to do it back in the day. So maybe they're not getting the radio play, but they're making a living off it. That's for sure. But uh, yeah, I love this album. Uh, Heart of Gold is, is hard to find. There's a song on it uh, called We Ain't Even Kin that it's one of those songs that it, it really resonated with me and it was part of what drew me into this album and started to give it more of a deeper listen. Uh, I would honestly say it's one of the most beautifully written songs I've ever heard. Um, there was just one line that really hit it with me that just said, uh, you might burn bridges that you ain't got time to mend. And I loved that line. I thought it was just, it was really beautiful. So mm. Yeah, uh, Benjamin Todd, Heart of Gold is hard to find. And from there, I'm going to jump into my number four, which would be um, what we disputed earlier is uh, Matt Heckler, After the Flood. (laughs) So I had a bit of a crisis earlier when doing this list because I did not want to leave this Matt Heckler album off of my list because it's been on such heavy rotation for me for the better part of the year, and I loved it so much. But my crisis today was... As I was looking at it, I noticed that he, like the genre that it's categorized under on, I think it was Spotify or Apple or whatever, is folk. And I was like, well, wait a minute. This is the country country music (laughs) podcast. But I started giving away more thought and there was no way I could leave it off my list. And I feel that the genre, you know, is fairly fluid. And a lot of what we speak about uh, on this podcast is whether things are country or not. But you know, this has a lot uh, of you folky know, f- elements, folky elements, but a lot of things that, you know, it can be considered country as well. You know, banjo, fiddle, the songwriting, the song content. Yeah, um, I feel like that's really slipping into an Americana conversation. Yeah, and we've had it before and I don't think it needs to be rehashed. Yeah. But I mean, I've said it now, so no takesies, backsies. <laughs> in, in that you can't take it back? No, I can't take it back. But uh, it is, honestly, it's probably one of my favorite albums of the last few years, not just the last year. And I I think it deserves a place on my list. You know Um, what it reminds me of? If Lost Dog Street Band made or was blended with The Decemberists. Huh. I don't even... There's a real... um, What's that guy's name? Colin something or someone or other. Who's the guy from The Decemberists? I know who they are. I don't know. Yeah, there, there's a there's a real... I wouldn't put this as like a country, country record. It would fit somewhere in the Americana world, but definitely more towards the folk side with fiddles sometimes or banjo sometimes, but really... But it, it would even be like... It's rooted more traditional than... than yeah, but so is something not, like the Avid Brothers. In the I love the Avid Brothers, but I'd never call them country. Uh, I mean... And that's banjo as fuck. Yeah, but that's... A, have you listened to any of their... Like, the, I think their first album, like... I think it was called Country Was or something. Yep. That album was fairly country. Mm. Then it was just almost like they moved on but kept the banjos. Yeah. This could almost be put more in like a, a Celtic kind of... I was, I was also thinking that when yeah. I was listening because when you texted me about that today, 
<laughs> my hot water heater was broken and I couldn't pay attention. <laughs> but later I re revisited the record and uh, it, I was also thinking that because I couldn't place it. In, in my mind, I was like, nope, this isn't like a country, country conversation, but it definitely has the country elements, but it also has these heavy other elements that we don't usually include in like a real country conversation mm -hmm. like like celtic yeah there's definitely like a celtic edge to it his voice at times also has a benjamin toddy kind of thing yeah and also decemberist kind of thing and there's something about like their their cadence that is slightly decemberist as well on certain songs hmm. i was driving when i was listening to it and i couldn't put my finger on what this was reminding me of and i was like decemberists i'm gonna have to listen to some decemberists to see what you mean uh, funny you mentioned the Benjamin Todd thing. They actually played in a band together, uh, I would say maybe seven or eight years ago called Deep Chatham, and they're pretty cool too. But I, I would say it's, again, more more folk-rooted, um, but also a, a cool band. But yeah, I, I just, I, I couldn't not have this on, on my on my list. It was Fair just, enough. it was too, it was on too much regular rotation for me to leave it off. But Fair enough. Yeah. And then taking... To my number three, which will close out the Benjamin Todd Lost Dog Street <laughs> Band Matt Heckler conversation, and we can move on is is obviously the Lost Dog Street Band album uh, "Weight of a Trigger." So, I do think it's impressive that uh, you know to release a solo album and a full band album in one year, and both of them did pretty well. Uh, but yeah, I do realize I'm entering into a bit of you know overkill like Lost Dog Street Band stalker territory here. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Watch out, Benjamin Todd. <laughs> I've seen the, his shrine to you in his bedroom. <laughs> but yeah, they, they had such a strong year, and, and I thought I just wanted to mention this one as well because this album is really good, and I, I just love their collective vibe so much. It's so kind of anti-corporate, doing things your own way, DIY, or DIY, DIY, do your it <laughs> self. <laughs> It's all right. I, I mess up acronyms all the time <laughs> the same way. Um, but yeah, it's uh, they just refuse to sort of conform to things. And it's it's pretty punk rock, which it seems like a lot of them are kind of rooted in, in punk music from their younger days. So I, I get that um, as I kind of come from the same place. But I love what they've also been doing with uh, this Gems on VHS, which is, I don't know if you've heard of them, but it's, it's this guy who does these really low-key videos. And they're semi-live, but they're very... Uh, very personal feeling where it'll be they'll have like two members of the band playing acoustically you know in, in like their backyard or in a trailer or just somewhere in a cool location and they include like a few snippets of conversation and things like that where it really feels like you're being brought into the artist's world but the sound quality and the videography in these gems on vhs videos is absolutely unreal and it's that wave of releasing music in different formats where it's not just like boom here's an album or like here's a single here's my album it's about you know that constant uh cycle of just releasing keeping your music relevant keeping releasing new music so it's a good way of doing it by releasing these videos that aren't like cheesy overproduced music videos but they're they're so well done the production is so well done and it's so grassroots that it gives you that kind of personal feel like you're right there sitting around mm -hmm. watching them in their in their home in their living room in their kitchen like you do anyways yeah yeah exactly stalkering <laughs> stalkering through the man <laughs> i've never seen a video so real as wait. when i stalk them myself wait is that sean in the window <laughs> <laughs> just peering in um but yeah i i think this album uh weight of a trigger is it, it is a lot more polished than their previous albums and the production production quality really comes through so, yeah, a great album there, Lost Dog Street Band, Weight of a Trigger. 
So moving on from there, getting into my top two, this was uh, this was a massive struggle um, making a decision on these these top two. I don't know, you know. I know. I think I know what your number one is, but I, I'm gonna go with my number two here, and maybe a bit controversial, but it's John Party uh, heartache medication. Um, didn't make number one. <laughs> now are you just you must just be like, what the hell is number one? I I've s- I know what number one is. Yeah, you want I me figured, to call it? No. Well, I figured you would, but <laughs> you can call it if you want. Tyler Childers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Country and squire. It, it yeah. was, yeah, it was a hard decision for me. And what it basically came down to is I, I went track by track, both albums and I, and made myself sort of think of what was track for track. What, which album did I like more and track for track? It's Tyler Childers, you know, every single song on that album. I love through and through, uh, John party, heartache medication. I'm going to get into it. There's not, songs that I dislike on it, but there's some songs that I'm kind of take it or leave it. But then there is also songs that I absolutely love on this John Party album. It's, you know, when you originally started telling me about this guy, and this is 100% you, uh, yeah, I, I hadn't heard about him at all. Uh, I would have bet you a million bucks that never would have ended up anywhere on my top 10 for the year if we talked about this right at the start. You should like, have taken that bet. You should have, right? Uh, and let alone it be in my, my top two. And uh, it was a tough call not making this number one. It just, this album slowly started creeping up on me the more you played it for me. And then I started listening to it more on my own. And then all of a sudden it was on constant repeat. And it's uh, also because it was starting up in your truck. It was the first thing that would play. In that your was truck. so weird, dude. There was like, I don't even know if we ever talked about this on air, but there was this weird like two weeks where anytime I'd get into my truck, it would just start auto playing Old Hat by yeah. John Party. Like it made no and sense then you whatsoever. You would text me every time saying <laughs> that that song reminds <laughs> you of me. My truck was haunted by John Party's non existent ghost. I feel like that's some kind of algorithm and like, I don't new, know. New age marketing. <laughs> it might have been. But yeah, then there was there was weeks where I, I had to actively not listen to it because I felt like it was becoming borderline obsessive, like I was listening to this album too much. And it's just like banger after banger on this album. It's like windows down, stereo up, summer day, dirt road, barbecue, swimming hole, honky tonk, cold cans, warm woman, country music, man. Yeah. You does not get better than this for a summer album. And if we were talking straight up best summer albums, which I think we we talked we about. We did this, do that. And, and uh, I think it was a resounding unanimous decision on yeah, that one. Hands down. And I, I cycle. So you're saying it's the other seasons of the year <laughs> that bumped it out and it put is. Tyler Childers it up is. first. Yeah. Okay. When I started Fair to, enough. you know, get the winter depression so- <laughs> soaking <laughs> in. But uh, yeah. When you need your own ever loving <laughs> hand a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, of course. But and I had so many favorite tracks on this John Party album, like uh, Old Hat. And it's, it's cycled between all of these, like Old Hat, Ain't Always the Cowboy, Tied One On, Nobody yeah. Leaves a Girl Like That, and then obviously Heartache Medication. But I can't see this album dropping out of my rotation anytime soon. Like, we could be having this conversation next January, and it's probably still going to be have, have a decent place in my rotation. Yeah. Yeah, I can't see it going away from me either. I'm very excited to see what he drops next. Yeah. Because this was a fairly early in 2019 offering, right? Mm, like midway the first songs were released early in 2019 but i feel like the record came out in the summer oh yeah you're right i remember listening to it when we were on our way to a festival or something yeah yeah because he released a few songs ahead of it like tequila little lime and whatnot and before the record came i feel like it was probably july 
July or maybe even August that it came out. That was one of the ones, Tequila Little Lime, that I wasn't super sold on. But Same here. I still find it's fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But still a good song. Yeah. And I think that's what we said when we were talking about it at the time was there's a couple songs on there that were like a little too on the nose or a little, yeah, okay. Yeah. But even that was still so much better than almost everything else on the radio because those, those release tracks were being played on satellite radio and regular yeah. radio. And Anyways. All right, so I'll get to my number one, which uh, everybody knows now because you've ruined it, you jerk, <laughs> uh, which is uh, Tyler Childers' Country Squire. This album is pure perfection to me. I think this is Tyler Childers hitting his absolute prime. To me, this is where I want to see the future of country music go. Um, the reach that this guy has, the scope of his fan base that I see at his shows, uh, his fans are absolutely rabid. They're an army. It's true fandom, singing along to every single word. When you talk to people that like this guy or you introduce this guy to someone, it's like I, I'll introduce him, his music to somebody and then I'll hear back from that person two weeks later and it's just <laughs> they're absolutely obsessed. And, like what Sturgill uh, used to be. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it reminds me of a lot. And I mean, and you can make those it. obvious parallels because yeah. he produces his albums. So, But, um, you know, I'm absolutely ecstatic about his success and I can't wait to see what the future brings for him. And I, I think he's really hit his stride at this point. Well, at least Sturgill still produces country records. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, and then make weird enemy movies. Yeah, <laughs> anime. That was a backhanded compliment. <laughs> but yeah, I do I do feel that with this album, he's really hit his stride, and it, it seems like he's going to keep uh, pumping out albums and touring at a feverish uh, pace. Plus, you know, there's a song about uh, masturbation and monogamy on this album. Your two favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, now so I that, understand uh, why it's number one. That pretty much rounds it out for me. Number one, Tyler Childers, Country Squire. Go give a listen if you haven't, if you're one of the two people in the world who hasn't listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, for the counterpoint, I will start with number five as well. And I, I felt like I thought that this would be higher on my list. But then when I was doing, when I was looking back and seeing what I had listened to the most and then also doing like a track by track comparison, I don't know that I could have had it in the top three. It almost became number four, but then something that I forgot about snuck into number four that I've definitely listened to more. And I think I liked more of the individual tracks on it. But number five is The High Women. I feel like not only was this like an awesome collaboration of all of these superstars coming together, but it was actually a country record. Personally, I could have used more pedal steel throughout it um, just to really lay down some honky tonkness, but that's just, that's me, my own picky um, individual taste. But I, I really dug it start to finish. Uh, my favorite song, <laughs> the most country song on there, I feel, is Heaven is a Honky Tonk. And I love, love, love that song. Uh, but I, I can't think of a really bad song on there. Even nothing that's maybe one or two songs that are kind of meh. Like, I don't really like that Loose Change song that much. I know a lot of people do, but I'm I'm okay on it. But I'll admittedly say, you know, I, I, I've given this album a listen. I, I haven't... And, and, a, and a bunch of songs here and there in passing, but I really haven't given it a fair, objective, kind of deep listen, which I, I need to do. Yeah, I, I think it's something that would grow on you. I, I, I really like it. Um, I have nothing 
bad to say about what I've what I've heard I've really liked. So I I like I feel guilty that I haven't given it a better listen, but um, you know, there's time. There's still time. Yeah, I, I like that they were doing something different. I read a lot of criticism where some people got kind of tired of all the unison singing instead of like making crazy harmonies, but they do some of that. And it's it was still good and it's interesting that they did it in a different way. Um Yeah, and the fact that most of them are pretty mainstream people. Mm-hmm either writers or performers that to, to do something like this, I would just, I would hate for a second record to come out from them and to be very pop. But it's neat that the sum of all of their parts is more country than yeah. the individual. Yeah. That's very, yeah. it's very interesting that that would, that would happen. Yeah. I also, I think at one point I said to you, I'm like, why didn't they call themselves the highway women? And it was like, maybe it just doesn't roll off the tongue. Right. But then yeah. I looked it up and there is an actual like band called the highway women. Oh, I still like the high women better anyways. I, yeah, it's awkward to say highway women. It's yeah. just high women sounds better. Yeah. We had a, I don't know what it derail this too much, but, uh, you know, we had this discussion where, again, I had a bit of a crisis of, you know, when we were doing this about, I, I, I felt like there was a bit of, of a lack of female representation on my list. I didn't, I didn't know about yours. Um, and then I was like, well, do I need to change this? But then I started thinking like, these are our favorite, like our personal favorite lists. Mm-hmm. And then to me, I, w- I was almost starting to get angry because of all the discussions we've had, the discussions we've had with Jada and all the talks we've had about the underrepresentation of women in country music. And this is almost a product of it, I find, that it's like we weren't exposed to, an, even though we dig and dig and dig and dig, I still feel like, you know, women didn't get enough exposure that it's like... My list maybe could have included a few if I would have been exposed uh, to more women in country music. I don't know. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there as a theory, but that's kind of what it says, right? That the algorithms that radio play, it it doesn't give people enough exposure to, like people want to hear what they like, but they don't get enough exposure of females on in country music to start to like them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think in our case, it's probably a little less about the algorithms because I don't know about you, but I don't just hit play and just let Spotify choose everything for me. I pretty much search everything out. Yeah, well, and it tends to do a horrible job. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah. And even though we talk so much about male and female artists, um, so many of them we find just by, by digging up either through Instagram and then look them up on Spotify or whatever. But I, you know, I don't know. There is definitely underrepresentation of women on my best and worst list. But I don't know if it's because of algorithms or anything. I think that we probably speak about music we like from women disproportionately over men. In, if not, no, maybe not disproportionately over, but quite a bit or pr- pretty close to parity. If we, if you go through most of our episodes, but. Well, I feel like we've both been digging deeper because we've had some conversation, like our conversation with Jada really opened my eyes on on the stats and everything where it's like I I started putting in the extra effort and finding, you know, like females that I wanted to listen to. I don't know. Yeah, for me, it wasn't. Yeah, it put me in an act like I started saying like, okay, I need to action this. Yeah, I need to action this. And I want not from like a I need to action this and put this out there and like well, affirmative action. Yeah, yeah, no, it was more just 
I was feeling cheated. Yeah. I was feeling cheated that it wasn't being... You're shortchanged on not enough women. Yeah, that there's there's so many out there. So then I started digging more. But yeah, and I and I found a ton. And, and but me the, too. The ton and that I found didn't necessarily put out any material in 2019, which may be where you were about to get to. Well, that was part of where I was about to get to, but also that they don't necessarily warrant the top five of the year. Like I really liked like... It wasn't even this year. Again, like another another case. The things like Jamie Wyatt and like all these Texas women, um, Jenna Paulette that we've just been talking about the last couple episodes. Like these are all like great females that are high on my rotation list. But when I have to break down my very favorite five songs or five records of the year, like there's very few things on very few women on country radio right now that are putting out very country material i'll tell you if that emily nanny album had come out in 2019 that would be on my top five absolutely and 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 that's part of the point yeah missing some of those in 2019 releases yeah but at the same time like it, it would be pandering and affirmative action to try put in like what Who's on country radio, right? Just to speak about mainstream, not like underground Emily Nenny stuff, but like there's nothing like Casey Musgraves, but that came out in 2018 and that's her least country record she's ever done. So, yeah, and then you're getting back to almost like the Matt Heckler discussion we just had where it's like, is it even, yeah, does it even fall in? Exactly. And like the most country things aren't on the radio right now. And to your point, most of them didn't come out in 2019. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll be having a different uh, discussion next year. Well, I think so, because it seems like there's a lot of people that have a couple singles out or an EP coming out or an EP that just came out. So hopefully that's going to lead to full full albums in 2020. Okay, I'll digress and let you continue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now that we've uh, had our reflexivity statement on I only why, why there's not going to be so many women on these lists. I only sidebarred us for 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next up... Um, at number four, Riley Green, uh, different round here. I, uh, you know, this one was a latecomer into this. I was chatting with my brother today and was like, remind me what some of your favorite records are from the year. Cause I may be overlooking something. And this came up on his list and I was like, oh yeah, when that came out, I listened to that a lot. I could only think about, remember three or four songs that I, really liked from that record but i listened to it top to bottom again today and i was like yeah yeah this this that it knocked out uh cody johnson is this Uh, the hunter guy yeah yeah riley riley (laughs) Riley duckman Duckman, (laughs) as so many people say (laughs) riley duckman for those who don't know um because he hunts ducks calls himself a duck man. I feel like some people are pronouncing it like a Jewish last name or something <laughs> like Riley Duckman. Or something <laughs> like. Um, anyways, uh, great record top to bottom um, includes one of my favorite songs. I wish grandpa's never died. And what you've spoke on extensively, extensively. <laughs> that's right. So yeah, if you haven't listened to that, uh, give it a listen. I feel like a lot of his songs just remind me of like growing up like that. I know he's very Alabama down South, but the same type of characteristics really come up. It, it's a very nostalgic record for me to listen to. And I, I just, I think there might've been like one song on there that I was only okay on. And it'll be interesting to see how many get singled from there. He had one number one on there. 
um, what was that one? The uh, I've had too many non-alcoholic beers. Uh-huh. I think the way that you talk about Riley Duckman or Riley Green, <laughs> um, what you say there was like this the, girl. The nostalgic part of it, I find, is parallel to my connection with the Lost Dog Street Bands and the Benjamin Todd stuff, where it's like I connect with it on an emotional level. Uh, on the or, almost punk basis that yeah. you're talking about, yeah. And I think it's the same nostalgia that kind of you feel yep. towards this. Fair. Good point. Good observation. Uh, number three, George Strait, Honky Tonk Time Machine. What is this? Like his, I don't even know, 30-something studio record? I thought this was hands down going to be your number two. Number two? Yeah. Um, well, let's be it was, We all know your number one. <laughs> you do know my number one. <laughs> Uh, do you know my number two then? No, I'm scrambling now. Okay, so uh, Honky Tonk Time Machine, I feel like there... I don't think there was a bad song on the whole record, and it really felt like a revival to early George, like mid-90s, like mid-80s through mid-90s, um, really actually honky-tonk. The last couple of records he put out... Uh, like Cold Beer Conversation, there was a lot of songs on there I liked a lot that I could just leave that were kind of okay, not not his best. But uh, with with this with this record coming out, I think almost everything could be a single, and and just so fun too. Like Codigo, what an awesome song! Have you seen the video for that? I think you showed it to me. Yeah, it's it's it, it's a bit of a self promotion because he tequila commercial. Yeah, exactly, exactly <laughs> the tequila commercial because he uh, owns Codigo or at least part of or I don't know what percentage of. I've uh, asked Codigo. you this before. Was that the tequila you made me drink? That's right. Yeah, yeah I did. I tell that story to everybody. <laughs> Why? Why? Because I traditionally always said I don't like tequila, and then oh. you made me drink it in whatever way you're supposed to drink it, and I was like, I really liked it. It blew my mind. Yeah, you see, tequila, <laughs> man, like uh, agave based spirits, the best tequila mezcal. And it's what will give you the least hangover, too. The purest, cleanest alcohol you can drink. Oh, I'm sure I can get hungover on it. I'm sure you can, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that challenge. Um, yeah, and there's some other great songs on there. Uh, God and Country Music. Uh, we, we talked about the weirdness of the weight of the badge for me, but even though uh, that chord progression kind of messes with me, still a great song. Uh, and obviously Honky Tonk Time Machine, the title track, and Every Little Honky Tonk Bar single. He's had quite a few singles released off of this already. Was that Willie duet on this one? Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Finally got to sing one with Willie? Yeah. Yeah. That was so awesome. Mm -hmm. And uh, what was it? The Weight of the Badge was his 100th studio, uh, or 100th single, charted single. I can't even... So he's had 100 songs that were released as singles that have been in the top 40 chart. I can't even imagine being that accomplished. Yeah. Like, and I th- and this unbelievable. Record, I think it was his 33rd or 32nd platinum album. So it's, yeah, he... Huge, huge ups for him when he's 67, 68. It's uh, wild. Yeah. Still killing it. Uh, number two. Any last minute guesses? Uh, no, I got I got nothing. Midland, let it oh, roll. Wh- how did I not even think of that? I don't know, but this this record wasn't quite as good as their first one. On the Rocks, I think, is an opus. It was a country, real country revival in a mainstream setting that I, I think it 
was a TSN turning point for <laughs> legitimacy in new country music in the mainstream uh, these days. Let It Roll, uh, to me, didn't have quite the impact that, uh, that On The Rocks had, which every song was perfection. Let It Roll, there's a couple songs on there that I could leave, but a whole lot that I, I really liked. And I was hoping, because these guys are on a major label, they're on Big Machine, and it almost seemed a little too good to be true on the first record. And I was like, oh no, I bet like the second record's gonna be super pop or something like that. And then we're gonna have to say that shit that you end up saying with so many bands yep. or like, like Sturgill, like fuck, I loved his first record and it all slowly started to go downhill from there. Yep. And I was just hoping that wouldn't happen with Midland and, and they delivered. The second record was, is awesome. Just not not quite what the first one was, but still. Number two for the year for me. And number one, John Party, Heartache Medication. I felt like we should have <laughs> queued up that fiddle intro. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah. Uh, Put that in post. Janae uh, Fleener's. Post-production. Exactly. <laughs> Janae Fleener's uh, beautiful little fiddle line there at the very beginning that just kicks in. But again, like I'm going to echo all your comments uh, earlier with, every song on that record is great uh even the the worst songs on that record like me and jack or tequila little lime they're still like some of the best things on the radio yeah. It's like even his worst is great yeah and his best is i think some of the best of the decade and exactly what i just said about midlands uh on the rocks record this is a follow-up of that same level of push it's almost like john party was sitting back and watching like his first record was great well his first two records were great uh it just wasn't this level yet and then i feel like might have seen what midland was doing and it was like i see your awesomeness and i'm gonna raise you twice that and i'm gonna come to the table with like the most honky-tonk like 90s revival but within a 2010s like 2020 type of context like the production on this record isn't fucking around but it's not poppy whatsoever. Uh, like it, the the drums, the the bass, the everything. Like it's a modern record. It is in no way a throwback. But it has all of these like perfect little hints back into very '90s Alan Jackson, Brooks and Dunn, George Strait type of um, type of sounds and with zero throwbacks. Yeah, like just the music itself. Yeah, is the throwback exactly, and it's it's. I don't know. To me, this record is perfection. And uh, that rounds out my top five with an honorary mention. I didn't know we were doing honorary mentions. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned that. Oh, earlier. You honorarily me- mentioned. I-, I mentioned honorary <laughs> mentions. Uh, Tyler Childers, Country Squire. Okay. Thank you for it, that. Throw me that bone. It was not to throw you that bone, <laughs> but I knew you'd appreciate it. Um, it was originally on my top five list, but as I was thinking of other things it got bumped out but i feel like it needed a nod just to still be considered even though it wasn't in my top five but it would definitely be six if there was a sixth that's fair all right best songs best songs okay am i starting this one out yep do it okay uh number five uh old town road diplo remix number four (laughs) old town road with Billy Ray, Young Thug, and Mason Ramsey. Number three, Old Town Road with RM of BTS. Number two, Old Town Road Original. Number one, 
Old Town Road with Billy, Billy Ray, Ray Cyrus. Yes. <laughs> Done. I'm out. Mic drop. <laughs> I was just so happy when I looked up and I saw that there was there five was exactly remixes. Five. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I didn't even know uh, that there was another, like a fifth one. This R. I don't even know who RM of BTS is, but it's actually a pretty good remix. Um, the Mason Ramsey of BTS. I'd RM. <laughs> sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, yeah, and the Mason Ramsey one, my God. I can't believe the Walmart Yodel kid is still kicking. He's grown up. How long till they find him in a motel room? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if, it, if he's Cracked old enough out. for us to legally joke about him in that way. <laughs> well, we just did. Yeah. I feel like this might be the second time we've joked about him cracked out in a hotel room. I think it's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll get into it for real now. So, top five. Now you're on the clock to get through these quicker. Okay, 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 I can do it. I'll get through this one quick since we already talked about them, but uh, my number five is from Lost Dog Street Band. It's a song <laughs> called Just to Say Goodbye, and I think it's just one of those, it's one of the most beautiful emotional songs that is about loss, and it, it has that ability in those types of songs that they can mold itself to whatever the listener is personally going through, so I don't particularly know exactly what this song was written about, but it it's like you can tailor, you know, you can custom tailor it to whatever you're going through. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's such a beautiful song. It's so stripped down and with just quiet finger picking and absolutely haunting fiddle throughout. And uh, the main line in the chorus just being come back just to say goodbye. It's just so beautiful. It's such a good song. Um, give it a listen. Uh, number four for me is uh, The Dead Don't Die by Sturgill Simpson, <laughs> which, you know, it's... May have been the biggest tease in the history of country music. It was That's so funny because it's actually my number four as well too. Huh, that's funny. <laughs> and then like he it's sandwiched between his last two albums that were nowhere in the country universe, uh, between, you know, that rock and roll sound and fury album that just came out. If he and... made a whole record that sounded like that, like that aesthetic, that would have been pushing for number one. I don't know if it would be John Party, but that was one of the countryest songs I heard last year. I agree. This song, it felt like Sturgill just whipped his dick out in front of the country music industry and just said, I'm still here, yeah. motherfuckers, and I can come back go anytime I want some to. fucking anime Japanese shit with some like <laughs> rock and roll psychedelics. Yeah. But don't forget, I can still do this thing. <laughs> yeah. In a weekend, I can bang this shit out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. For I mean, his bag of money. Yeah. We <laughs> <laughs> need to make that meme. Yeah. <laughs> Hold uh, my beer. <laughs> Number three for me uh, was uh, Carly Driftwood, Tennessee Trees. This <laughs> song has been on such heavy rotation for me. Um, I don't think I hit this very well, but I, I think Carly is just a fucking badass. And this album came out of nowhere and knocked me on my ass. It's like poppy. It's polished. Uh, but there's songs about you know poisoning her boyfriend, stripping her way to Nashville, uh, and this banger, Tennessee Trees, with lines like, uh, I just want to take those pills with Johnny Cash. I just want to get fucked up in the back of Hank's Cadillac. Smoke those sweet Tennessee trees, just Parsons, Merlin, me. So, doctor, give me country music and weed. She's so badass, man. Like, I, And I just love her whole... She's hilarious. I love following her on Instagram. 
she has like she works at a strip club still i think she works the door and if you need a good laugh oh check out so her funny. pranks man yes that's so good she what does was these... it like squirt friday or something so she does these <laughs> these pranks when people come in like groups of guys and there was one a while back that was butthole butthole thursdays, thursdays <laughs> where guys would come in and she'd be like just, just so you know uh tonight is butthole thursdays we're showing only buttholes and then the, the one guy was like, what do you mean? Like a hole is cut out of her pants. And all you see is her ass. And then she did, I think it was actually today. Today, uh, she did, well, well, I guess it would have been yesterday because yesterday was Friday. Uh, squirt Fridays. <laughs> and the one guy, the one guy says, oh, how much extra is that? <laughs> and she's like, you're going to need an umbrella. And that one guy was like, no, I don't need no umbrella. <laughs> Uh, I just, I love her sense of humor, and uh, I, w- I was chatting with her a little bit on Instagram today, just asking her what she had coming up, and I think she's doing a bit of uh, a tour, I think it was into the West Coast, with someone named Andrew Shepard, who I didn't have a chance to check out, but it was funny, because she like, linked me Andrew Shepard, and it was like some ginger kid, hmm. like not a musician, <laughs> I was like, oh, so you're going on tour with a small ginger child. <laughs> what, just, is he a comedian? He's, what, he's not a musician? Like, she, she just linked the wrong Instagram. Oh. <laughs> I see. Yeah, that was pretty funny. But yeah, I do love that song and I, I think it's really badass. And I actually, this album was pretty close to making it onto my top five. But I, And I think it's a really solid album, but there was just too much other competition in there. Um, so then my number two... For top songs of 2019 would be Tyler Childers, Country Squire. And, you know, what can I say? I'm a sucker for a song about renovating a 53-year-old camper so that he and his wife can retire and tour around the country in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a cool song, man. Like, it took a few listens. To, I, I find that with a lot of his songs. Is there's so much tongue-in-cheek. It takes a few listens to understand exactly what it's about. But once you do, it's just it's pure genius. And... Uh, you know, with lines like uh, spending my nights in a barroom, Lord, turning them songs into two by fours, dreaming of the day that I'm sitting by the fire, rolling with my honey in a country squire. <laughs> and so let's just hope he doesn't finish the renovations on this thing too soon and leaves us all in the lurch when he goes on uh, on a tour of the countryside and uh, not playing music anymore. I hope he just keeps pumping it out. Yeah. And uh, number one, it's, I, I felt like this is my reversal from my top albums, but this was hands down my number one song was john party heartache medication and i'm gonna leave it at that i'm just gonna mic drop it there's nothing else to say about it yeah we've said all there is to be said yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we we don't want to beat a dead horse all right what do you got all right number five cody johnson on my way to you i've been a cody johnson fan for years i love that he was kind of the up-and-coming superstar of the texas scene which is pretty insular. Like they, they don't often get that big or known or go beyond like Texas, uh, Oklahoma, New Mexico borders in terms of touring, but definitely having huge careers in Texas and on Texas country radio. But he signed to a major label and kept pretty much his same sound, slightly more produced, but He's still keeping it really country, and this was almost on my best of albums, but there's just a couple too many songs on there that were only okay for me, and it was Riley Green that actually beat out Cody Johnson for uh, for the spot in the best albums uh, category, but On My Way to You, such a solid song, and just 
I, I love the the delicate orchestration of it and just the sophisticated little bit of steel but his powerful vocals uh, yeah r- really big fan of him and sometimes less is more in that totally that realm, eh? and that that song is really doing it and i also just dig that he is he he's reminding me in certain ways a lot of george Strait, not so much how he sounds but he is very texas everybody in texas loves him he's been big there for years and he's left and he's still the exact same um his his music sounds like the previous records he's still like starch wranglers in a cowboy hat like he's 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 him and unapologetically so and uh that is my favorite song off of that record number four same as yours apparently uh the dead don't die by sturgill simpson i love i don't know what i love the most about this song it'd be easy for me to say that it's the fiddle and the pedal steel and how they interplay and they're just so perfect like when when that song comes on just like turning it up and like mmm like yeah. this is country country like this is this is what it's about and you can't really narrow it down to one thing but i love like the syncopation of his delivery when he's singing like when that second half of the first verse or is there even choruses on this not really there's just kind of like a hook line on yeah. it but like th- there's a cup of coffee waiting on every corner like that when it starts the, to pick up a little bit yeah, yeah the way that he delivers that when it picks up a little bit and it's all about zombies like <laughs> there's a cup of coffee waiting on every corner someday we're gonna wake up and find the corner is gone but the dead will still be walking around this old world alone oh well after the life or after life is over the afterlife goes on and it's just like it's it's a country song about zombies yeah but it's still that sturgill like psychedelic mindfuck kind of stuff where he's talking about something else too you know but it, it's applicable in both camps but i love in the movie how they're constantly throwing that CD what is he away. Ta- what else is he talking about well i think he's just talking about like i'm sure the zombie vibe has something to do with just like zombie people like zombie society and oh yeah probably <laughs> and then the afterlife and, and uh, you know i i think it's we're not awake man yeah you're not seeing yeah it. you got it yeah. open up your third eye man <laughs> it's a riddle wrapped in an enigma <laughs> okay uh number three midland cheating by the rules while i love this whole record let it roll that was number two on my list um it was a song that's so far unreleased, not as a single, that was my favorite on the whole thing. There's a bunch of cheating songs on this. I, I, get, I think the vibe they were going with this record was a little more late 70s, early 80s. There's a lot of uh, Conway Twitty and uh, maybe Gary Stewart type of vibes on it. Also like some George Strait vibes as they're always carrying around. But uh, they released that, what was the other cheating song called? That... Uh, Maybe it's just called cheating songs. Yeah, yeah. She's getting back into. How does that go? Cheating. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, I think you're right. Yeah, like taking off her ring and sliding into the pocket of her tight-fitting jeans. She's bringing. Oh yeah, she's bringing back cheating songs. The kind of uh, get you singing along. Right, 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 right. Uh, anyway, so the second. Che- <laughs> sorry about that little mind walk through. <laughs> That's how I remember things. <laughs> uh, but cheating by the rules starts off with like a. Uh, an accordion and just like this little I, I think it's an accordion somebody correct me if it's not it's not a harmonica um, but some unique instrument and then it just kind of stops 
and then this little solo intro it stops and i just love the way it picks up i'm a sucker for a good pickup maybe that's why i love heartache medication so much the way the beginning just picks up but uh cheating by the rules has very similar dynamics and uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of it clever lyrics too although it's about a, um infidelity uh which is always a bit of a usually a sadder subject in songs but they're singing maybe that's what's interesting about this because they're singing it in such an upbeat way yeah yeah it's a good song i like the song a lot too yeah number two riley green i wish grandpa's never died the only line in there that i could take it or leave it is i wish every every road was called copperhead or uh or I forget exactly how that line goes. What was the one that I made fun of, though, about, like, pickup truck? I wish, I wish, every car I wish was... even cars had truck beds. <laughs> I love so that stupid. line. It, it is stupid, but it's, like, when you think about it, it's not that you necessarily want every car to actually have a truck bed. Yeah, but then like, we'd all just be driving El Caminos. El Caminos, exactly. <laughs> or the Ford Ranchero. <laughs> Canyonero. <laughs> Can you name the truck that's four lanes wide? <laughs> Smells like a stink in seats 35. <laughs> Canyonero. Yeah. Yeah, Canyonero. Yeah. Oh, Canyonero. <laughs> Anyways, where were we? Oh, yeah. Uh, that if, you, if you're driving a car, if you own a car, like you kind of wish there was still like a truck bed, like that you could just go and pop down the tailgate, like sit down, have no, a beer. You should just go buy a truck. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> or an El Camino. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I still <laughs> like that line. It's. It is a ridiculous concept and ridiculous line, but I get the sentimentality of where it comes from, and uh, I appreciate it. Even more so, I love the line uh, that, interestingly, he changed for the radio, which I don't know how I feel about, because I feel like it would have been a nice middle finger to not, but then they might not have played it on the radio. But there's that line where it says, I wish they still played country music on country radio, and then he changed it. When you hear it on the radio, it's, I wish they still played George Jones on country radio. And the first time I heard that, I was like, what the fuck? That's it lame. Was like a, I know, super lame. It's it was like a flip. table flip. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but I don't listen to the radio version anyway. So uh, I also wish they still played country music on country radio. And that is a very country, country song. So hopefully that is uh, paving the way for much more of this type of music from not just Riley Green, but everybody else. And it seems to also be loved widely by everybody. I see so many different artists on Instagram referencing it or playing it in their Instagram music on top of stories and things like that. That's always a huge like badge of honor for me mm-hmm. when another artist, like when you're an artist's artist, yeah. you know, that's that says something to me. Mm-hmm. And number one, John Party, heartache medication. Uh, I don't, again, I don't think we need to go over this at all. Uh, everything we've said before and you've said. Yeah, don't drop the mic again. I think we've dropped the mics too many times. times. These were expensive microphones. Yeah, Yeah, I think the only thing I'm going to say is in a past episode when we really dove in about this. So if you really want to know how we feel about everything, if you haven't heard it, go back a couple episodes. I don't remember which one it is, but it'll be in the title. We kind of dissect this record and this song, but I think what we agreed on is... I think I said it was an almost perfect song, country song, and you said you disagreed and said no, it is a perfect country <laughs> song, and I I agree. This, like this song is perfection, and hopefully the future of country music. Actually, side note, I I feel like that level of like honky tonk countryness 
we would have found somewhere else, something underground or from somewhere, like not on the radio. I think the most impressive thing about this song isn't just how perfect and awesome it is. It's that it's like number five on the billboard or on hot country right yeah. now. It, like, it melds everything together. Totally. Like this can be a number one hit. Yeah. Country, country music can sell hard and can be at the top of the list. And this is proving it. And this, like, we just need more country artists on the radio that are doing this, that are for real, not like Dan and Shay and Dustin Lynch and all this kind of bullshit that, like, is at best maybe passing for pop country that should be on pop charts. This cool. is country music. And, and I would challenge, like, even the most, you know, jaded, like, fuck pop country troll out there to try and argue to me that this is a bad song. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just, you can't. There's no, if you are a country music fan, you're not allowed to say that's not a good song. <laughs> I'm saying it here. Or if you say you're a country music fan and you dislike this song, you have a lot of very serious explaining to do. Yeah. Like, we'll have you on the podcast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Please reach out to us. We will, act, we don't do call in interviews, but we will for this. Yeah. If somebody wants to explain to us why this is not a country song or not a great or perfect country song. And saying John Party is a bro himself doesn't count. I've heard that argument before too. I don't and think he's a bro. No, I don't think so either. He's he's a dude. He's a, he's a he's, he's a, a dude. He's not a bro. So, no, yeah, I it's agree. A big difference. Oh, I know. He seems too mature to be a bro. Yeah, I don't know. You, you he just you, got married, or yeah. he got engaged, or whatever. Yeah, he got engaged. Bros don't do that. They're like on the beach playing like <laughs> I don't know some weird game Shirtless with a frisbee. Volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's do the worst songs of 2019 and let's pound this out quick. We're, uh, we're, we're getting late on time here. Okay. Do you want to go back and forth? Oh, wait, I had, I had an honorable mention okay. as well for the best songs that didn't quite fit in there, but Luke Combs won too many. It's a duet with, uh, Brooks and Dunn. And I, I think this is fantastic, not only as a country song in the similar vein as everything I mentioned earlier in this list, but it's also a duet with Brooks and Dunn. And that's so cool. Like that they released cool. their reboot record uh, this year, which was great. And what a genius concept too. The, the reboot? reboot? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was great. It br drew in a lot of like the top young artists uh, to collaborate with them. But then doing this with Luke Combs, and it must have been like the best thing in the world for him because they're like his heroes. Yeah. Uh, so, and you can really hear that enthusiasm. And as much as it's very much a Luke Combs song, it's also very much like a hard-working man brooks and dunn beer 30 type yeah. of type of tune so it's uh, I, I think it's perfect from both luke combs and brooks and dunn perspectives okay worst songs go uh number five jake owen i was jack you were diane do you know mm. this song i do yeah i didn't i didn't think of that one i'd like to see john mellencamp beat the shit out of jake punch owen like, punch or, or just like an open hand slap like yeah. out of nowhere just like <laughs> And uh, yeah, this song, it just didn't need to exist. It never should have been made. Why? Like, why did it happen? No one asked for this. The banjo, the autotune, the, the clap track. Someone okayed all of this. Some it's producer true. was like, it's all good. That's really whose fault this is. Who okayed this? Who writes a song about liking another song to the tune of said song? It doesn't make any sense. Kid Rock. And then he adds does. a bunch of bullshit. And then on top of this, seriously listen to the guitar solo. I'm, I'm pretty sure I swear it's completely lifted from Guns N' Roses' November Rain. Oh, I remember you telling me this. Yeah. Like, who does that? Jake fucking Owen, that's who does that. Anyways, it's moving like, on. It's like, uh, 
when Kid Rock did that stupid redo or his own version like of uh, Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, that was so yeah. bad too. Yeah. And this every reminds me of that. Oh, that was bumping in like every truck. Yeah. For like every jacked up truck. Oh, overly jacked up. It was such exactly. a sad time. Yeah. I pushed that out of my memory. Uh, number uh, four for me would be, and I'm doing this one like primarily to troll you because I think it was on your summer songs. It's a uh, little big town pontoon. That didn't come out this year. It didn't? No. Really? Yeah, it no, did. No, it I looked didn't. it up. It was 2019. No. Yeah. Really? Look it up. That's going on my best songs list. <laughs> no, <laughs> just joking. Anyways, I was just really doing it to troll you. But they actually say motorboating in that yeah. song. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I love and that song for back that bitch up into <laughs> the water. The, the song actually references the Coors Light can like mountain turning blue system, but, you, but know, you know, just in case you've lost all feelings in your hands and you can't tell if your beer is cold. Huh. Um, you know that that whole song is tongue in cheek, right? I don't care. Well, so did you look it up? Is it 2019? No, it's 2012. What? Yeah. I knew this was a long time ago. Maybe it was listed like wrong on, on like Spotify or something. That's possible. Anyways, I'll yeah, that was I'll, a long time ago. All right. I messed that but one they, up. They wrote that as like a joke song. Well, at least I got to troll you a little bit. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good enough. Uh, okay, then number three would be uh, Luke Bryan, Knockin' Boots. Oh, yeah, that was stupid. It's so stupid. It's an, yeah. it's gibberish. It's a yeah. song literally about nothing. He's just yeah. saying popular words and phrases. Yeah. It seems almost like they use like a search engine optimization to figure out the most popular <laughs> words and then just strung them all together in a song for maximum likability. Mm-hmm. Like birds need bees and ice needs whiskey. Boys like me need girl, uh, girls like you to kiss me. Fishing in the dark needs nitty gritty under the pant. Like what? Like fucking kill me now. What are you talking about? It just makes zero sense. It's gibberish. Yeah. Uh, what else have I got on here? Blake Shelton and Trace Adkins. Hell right. That's on mine as well, too. What does that even mean? Like, what the fuck is Blake Shelton doing? He's all over the map. The song is... Even more so, what is Trace Adkins doing? That's, fa- that's a fair like, question, too. We're, we're not above Blake Shelton making stupid songs. That's, there's precedent for that. He has, <laughs> he has stupid music. So it's not entirely surprising he would do this. But Trace Adkins... Well, he's, he's made some pretty dumb shit, too, no? Well... Not to that degree. Like what? Like his dumbest thing would be honky tonk badonka donk. But your favorite guy in the world wrote that song. So <laughs> there's Johnson. <laughs> I love when we really get you by surprise and your creepy laugh comes out. <laughs> it always comes when you're not thinking. <laughs> yeah, Jamie Johnson wrote that. You're the one who told me. Jamie Johnson wrote honky tonk badonka donk, and I heard him talk about it in an interview too. So it's more like, what the fuck is Trace Adkins doing, like, contributing or being seen with this? I don't know, man. This Hell Right song, it's oozing so much cheese, it should be on the Taco Bell menu. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like who says that? It, does, it makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. I, I swear to God, I like, think they were... Even if it had a comma, it would still not make sense. Hell, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, the, like, then you could maybe say it's a misunderstanding or like... Oh hell, right? Or like, do you want to know what I think? Do you want to know my theory is? My working theory. I think they were just looking for a word that rhymed with Friday night, and right was the only thing they could. Uh, And why put hell in front of it? I don't know. (laughs) The laundry list in the song is so long. The lyrics make again no sense. I'm not going to. But just quickly, somewhere in America, there's, (laughs) I can't even. There's a bottle to be burned and a fire to be lit. You ain't 
done nothing if you ain't halfway if you're gonna raise hell then you better damn rage like it's gibberish it's yeah it's so stupid <laughs> moving on number three <laughs> Or number uh, two. Number two. Wasn't that my number two? I don't know. Yeah, I think that was my number two. Uh, okay, so I'll just get straight to my number one. Unless, did I screw this up? No, I'm good. I did. Jake Owen, Little Big Town, Luke Bryan. Yeah, yeah, we're there. Number one. Chris Young, Raised on Country. That's also my number yes. one. Yes. Oh, the stupidest song of 2019. You know how they say hate is a strong word? I yes. don't think it's a strong enough word to express my utter disgust for this song. I'm actually kind of mad at you for making me listen to it because it was so stupid you made mm -hmm. me listen to it and like why would you do that to me i thought we were friends it's not cool bro i understand but it, we're, we're we're trying to be uh objective ob ob well, yeah, wide somewhat. like we yeah. understand the range of it we can't only talk about things we like and we have to call out <laughs> bullshit when we see it and the worst thing about so i'm just going to comment now and i'm not really yeah. going to talk about it when i get to it but one of the worst things about this for me is chris young was very much like 2010, 2012, like a real country, mainstream, but like made real country music. What the fuck happened? The wheels fell off your bus, bud. Like, like this is, <laughs> and you think that you're getting some kind of country credibility or ticking the right boxes by saying that you're raised on Whalen and raised on, raised, raised on Whalen and, raised on willie and like merle and what whatever the fucking crazy <laughs> stupid chorus is and like your childhood sounds like george Strait singing or whatever if you're gonna make such an ode to these people why do it in such a stupid way where you disrespect everything yeah. about their like musical legacy by putting such a ridiculously terrible soundtrack to it like yeah. the orchestrate like there's nothing country about that song zero redeeming qualities that's what i was looking for redeeming qualities none you know what i was thinking if chris young was actually raised on like i'm actually getting mad here. you should be because <laughs> you're drinking non-alcoholic non beer that's your problem i'm raging that's your problem right there <laughs> i'm non-alcoholic drunk right now <laughs> so what i was thinking is that if chris young was actually raised on any of the artists that he mentioned maybe one of them dropped him dropped him on his head when he was a baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah Oh, that's it for me. Get the rage out, man. I love it. All right. Now uh, you got to drop all the way back down to your number five. Yeah, but bring right. your rage back up again <laughs> after. Uh, number five, Mitchell Tenpenny. Alcohol you later. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so to be fair, there might be songs that I hate more than this, but I didn't want to spend too much time thinking about the worst of. So this isn't my definitive list. This is just what I could think of off the top of my head in about five minutes. So Mitchell Tenpenny, Alcohol You Later. I'm not going to give this song the credibility to even discuss it. If you, if you like it, then fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> if you think it's country, then you need to adjust your expectations for or your understanding of what real country is. And like... Could he not be trying harder to find a turn of phrase? It doesn't even make sense. Well, yeah, it's. Uh, Is it called Alka Call You Later? No, then that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I know. It's. <laughs> uh, I just. I. He's gonna haul her later. I don't know. Is it H A U L U later? <laughs> <laughs> Number four, uh, Blake Shelton, Hell Right. We already discussed the stupidity of that. Number three, Granger Smith, Damn Straight. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. 
this uh, this caused our first Instagram fight. We uh, not with each other, but with Granger Smith, and then other people who came to his defense afterwards. Uh, we what maybe what I underestimated or didn't entirely know the context of when I went on an Instagram rant about this earlier in the year was, you know what, his record from like 1999 or 2001 or whatever that was, he had one or two records very early on that were very country. I will give him that. I think I said, who is this bro that's only bro and like now trying to get some credibility by associating himself with George Strait like he did in the logo for this song, like that neon cowboy hat with George Strait written underneath. Yeah. He copped that whole thing and just put Granger Smith underneath. It was like, whoa, <laughs> buddy. No, 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 no. You don't do that. I don't care who you think you are. And I don't care if you had like a legitimately good country record one or two 20 years ago. Um the amount of sacrilege there is like equivalent to when the Beatles said they were like bigger than Jesus. He, that's that's borderline. Yeah, I mean, yeah. in your world, in my world, that's like oh the, yeah. the the level that the 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 place where you hold George Strait. Yeah, like that's pure sacrilege. I understood it hundred percent. And so, and then he he slightly becomes broier as he goes along, and then in like twenty fifteen or sixteen, he switches labels, and then he has all these stupid like bro country to the max songs like stutter and holler and whatever else. And they're all terrible, just like back road, whatever shit. If you're actually honky tonk and like a real country artist, like you shouldn't have sold out. And now you, now that country's becoming cool again, now that heartache medication is the number one, like working our number one, but number five on the list now, hopefully God willing, it gets to number one and sets the table, sets the stage for a new understanding of what can be country these days. You can't get that by ill gotten means. You can't just like associate yourself by George, write a song that like panders to that, that even plays the, if you watch the video for it, he's sampling. Um, is it nobody in his right mind would have left her? Or it's it's one of those like mid mid eighties songs, and it's like, what what are you doing? <laughs> I don't. You're and looking I'm at just, you're I'm just at me. holding this pose with my hands. You're up. looking what, at what me you for <laughs> answers, and I don't have them, my friend. All right, <laughs> enough about that. Uh, number two, Rednecker by Hardy. So. Something that I found out later in the year is that apparently this is written as satire. I don't think that song's 2019 either. Yeah, it is. Really? Yeah. I think I Look wanted to put it on my list. and Oh, no. Look it up. Okay. Maybe I, I mixed up Rednecker and Pontoon on my list. So I meant to put Pontoon on my worst of the decade <laughs> and Rednecker on my... <laughs> what, what year Sorry. is it? I don't know. Hang on. Keep going. Um... Well, I'm not going to talk about it if it's not actually 2019. 2018. Really? Yeah. Shit. Talk about it. I want to hear it, man. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't fit the thing. I, I don't know. If, if this song... what? No. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. I'm looking at other... Well, it came out this year. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't have time to reset it, but... Yeah. Uh, oops. My bad. Well, I'll just roll with it for now. It was on the radio this year, my mistake. It was actually released end of 2018. But the thing that I was saying about this is if this is satire, I like it slightly more only so that I don't hate him as the writer of it. <laughs> but I know so many people are actually taking this literally that are standing behind this. Like 
my town's smaller than your town. I've got a bigger buck and bass on my wall. I got a little more kick in my draw. Y'all, I got little more spit in my chaw. My truck's louder than your truck. My collar's a little more blue. You might think you're a redneck, but I'm rednecker than you. Yes, I am. I don't, what I don't understand about this, like, it confuses me. Is it him making fun of people that are competitively redneck-ing? Well, that would be the <laughs> that a, satire. Okay. And if, if that's the case, then cool. I still don't like the song, but I don't dislike it on the same level. But I don't know. It's just performed with such kind of tongue-in-cheek power Yeah, that... I feel like it's built to be an anthem for for this type of person. Like almost like yeah, he's doing it satire, but most understanding that most of the people who take it on are going to take it on as an anthem. Exactly. Interesting. And it's just like those are the like worst kind of bros. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um moving on from that uh to what was what number was that you're going to your number that one was number now? two yeah so my number one worst song was raised on country which we were unanimous in our number ones and number and were number one best and number one worst songs yes songs, yeah not albums but songs we were very close yeah true we had a whole opposite mix of some stuff but a couple yeah. of things that were exactly bang on well excellent other than we both picked a song that wasn't from 2019 for the worst songs. You At least it wasn't though? the best song. When we release it online as our lists, we can just edit it. And <laughs> not everybody listens to it anyway. <laughs> True. I don't think anyone's going to stand there looking at our list and listening to the podcast and go, that's not right. That's 2018, bro. <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't pick one from 2012. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was only off by a couple months. <laughs> well, that was fun. Yeah. I think we're pretty over time now, so uh, this is going to be a long one. Let's, Either way, uh, this was fun, yeah. and uh, let's just call it there. Right. We'll come back uh, next week with the best and worst of the decade. Yeah, to a bountiful uh, 2020. Yeah. Well, this is our second second episode. I just meant in terms of music. Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll get a new John Party record. Yeah. Well, it's still so full of potential singles. I feel like he's probably going to tour this one all this year and then maybe make another one next year. I guarantee you we'll get a new Tyler Childers record. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's my prediction. Okay. 2020. Cool. Tyler Childers for life. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Country, country music.